p.m. Every Sunday, tons always about the culture. Do out on sculpture, recording every Friday. So here with our way, no need to catch a flight away. Be tuned for our take. Hey, welcome back, welcome back. Uh, episode 80, am I correct? Episode 80, yo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure I wrote it down. Yeah, exactly. Finally made it here two, two, three years later, almost after starting. So, welcome nice. back to the audience. Episode 80 of After Dinner Conversation, the podcast. Mike, I'm here with Corey, I'm here with Steven, full gang is here. Uh, we're here to have another exciting conversation uh, after we've enjoyed our days. We actually always record kind of in the evening time. So, it's definitely appropriate to our title, a theme, a culture. Um, so we always do the check-in at first. First of all, hope the audience is doing well. You know, life is crazy for everybody. Um, hope everything going well with y'all. Corey, how are you doing? I'm good. I think we just talked a little bit before recording a couple more weeks of the semester. Uh, the weather is getting warm here. I think we got like an 85 degree or 80 degree day on Saturday coming up. So mm-hmm. um, I, I appreciate those. and Hopefully they're here to stay. Um, but yeah, everything is good. Work is good. School is good you know, getting outside more. So I'm excited for the summer. But how about you, Steven? Man, I'm all right. Um, got past whatever, like, sickness guy tried to send my way, like the damn plague. But, you know, I always recover and move forward. Um, exactly. But other than that, you know, I'm good. Work, work straight. Um, been doing a lot of reading. I was telling you before the call, I've been doing a lot of reading of, like, programming books and stuff like that. So I'm getting my development game up. Um just gotta I'm I know I I'm like in the mindset of like I really gotta lock into some of these things that are coming out with the technology and just development in general. So next couple of months, yo, I'm gonna make something. That's the goal. That's the you know, get a little little project for myself going to keep me on my toes. But I'm living, man. I'm living. We're 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 I'm doing um I'm doing good too. Um just working as always. And so on to our cocktail hour. The NBA first round, we talked about it last week at length with our great guest, Jalal. Shout out to Just Another Day podcast again, and thank him for coming on last week. Um, so we talked about the, the NBA playoffs last week. So the first round is currently happening. We're like, let's say, roughly 75% of the way through most series. Um, how, are, how are your predictions panning out? You know, did our teams performing the way you thought? Is there surprises? You know, like, how would you, and my last kind of question here, how would you even rate this playoff so far as, like, just the way it started? The first game. Oh, go ahead, Steven. No, you go straight. Um, no, I was just going to say, I think it's been super competitive from what I've seen. I haven't seen all the games. I'm not going to act like I've seen the games, but from the games that I've seen, it's been a competitive playoff series. Shout out to Steven's Bulls. Um, see me. Yeah. You see me. They... <laughs> I think they're do. I think they're surprising a lot of people. A lot of people, um, and they're definitely yeah. putting up a fight uh, so far in that series. Um, the Sixers. I don't know, Mike. I don't know what's 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 happening. We three know. That's all nothing to talk about. I don't know what's <laughs> happening. Um, no, but they're but they're doing they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do. Yeah, um, and I think I think that's good. Uh, but yeah, I've seen some mm-hmm. some really competitive games. The Memphis series has been you know seemed pretty competitive so far. Um, so I think things are are panning out, but I'm I'm glad to see I'm always glad to see good basketball regardless of the outcome, and I think that's you know what I could appreciate right now. Yeah, I think everybody's first matchup was pretty close. I'm trying to think if the only blow I remember was the Hawks getting sent home packing that first game, but everybody else was relatively close most of the game. Uh, no, 76ers and Raptors, you guys also sent them packing by halftime. 
but Dude, two I, times. That's okay. I know I lied because the Warriors and Nuggets. So they were Nuggets, all competitive yeah. in the first game. <laughs> they out of the way. But the games that were supposed to be competitive were competitive. Like Corey said, the Grizzlies and the Memphis game. Um, the, so, um Boston and Brooklyn. Boston and Brooklyn. Love yeah. it. I yeah. love it. I can't wait till we come back next week. And I want to see the 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 result of where that series is. Cause I'm gonna have a I'm gonna have a few things to say. I'm gonna have a few things to say. Um nah, but it's it's been good. Like, you know. Bulls, man. Honestly, we could have been up 2-0, but you know what? We take our one. Could have been. <laughs> yeah, could have been, been for real, for real. Um, shout Listen, to, go ahead. Oh, no, I was about to say the same thing. So shout out to NBA champion veteran Alex Caruso. But the Caruso, uh, man, being a leader for your team last night defensively, man. I, y'all oh. would y'all would not have won if uh, he wasn't. You no, know, his defensive. No, I, I say it too um, sometimes too. Like I know people with basketball, so we all love offense, but people need defensive playmakers. Not you can guard your man, but you can get stops. You can force stops. turnovers. You can you know guard the best player. Like you need those things Charges, to help out your everything. offense. Exactly. Exactly. Man, it's 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 a like it's really a joy to watch play basketball. Like you know they haven't played a point because you know we got Zach Levine and. Uh, Lonzo at, the, at the same time, Lonzo's hurt, so they haven't played a point. Mm-hmm. You know, he's definitely not a traditional point guard, but you know, he just makes smart basketball plays. And I, I, and you know, people had a lot of shit to say when the Bulls were on that skid and we were losing all the top teams. And it's like we really were playing without, like, you know, our two best defenders, three of the best defenders in Caruso, Lonzo, and Patrick Williams. And like Caruso is really showing people why, like, he's really that type of utility defensive player, make a couple of threes. You know, drawing charges on Giannis with a minute left, like he can do it all, um, and I'm so glad I got him for the next three years. Hopefully, um, so we'll we'll see, man. Um, I hate to see what happened to Middleton, though. Um, so I know that doesn't help the Bucks' chances, but we're gonna see. The Bulls still got to play well at home, um, and so if they want to be serious and give me something to be excited about, the guy just win those games at home, man. You'd be ready to go. <laughs> Out to Chicago, finally get some playoff basketball back. It's been like yeah, mate, five, six years. Facts, but it looks like your 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 Sixers about to get the first sweep in the first mm-hmm. round. We will hope so. I my favorite thing about the playoffs, um, I think that it's because like everything, every game means something so much different for your team, and like it's just like a new challenge. So like you know, game one is like, all right, can you? Oh, we had so Sixers at home court advantage. So game one is like, oh, can you actually defend? Can you come out, make a statement? This is who we are. You know, game two. Can you continue doing that for one than one more than one game? Because we had game the game consistency issues where we would like performances yeah. up, performances down. You know, I saw how a lot of people had questions coming into the playoffs about the team. Um, and the game three, you're on the road like last last night. You're like, can you really come into a different arena? They yelling f your 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 star player. You know, it's, it's raucous, it's loud. They're you know, Toronto's uh, they just won a championship in 2019. And like fan bases who won championships, I feel like they're like all on the on a different level because they really appreciate it. They have the, like, a different relationship with their team, their fandom's a little bit stronger. Um and like you know, in Toronto, they they love them, they love them rappers. Um and so like it was so loud and like you know, being able to go in there and like get that old team one, um, overtime one without Harden. And mm-hmm. like, you know, that was it's it impressive. Like you have to show up and like, you know, it's the playoffs, so like there's nowhere to hide, like the challenges are gonna come in. Day, game after game um and i think that's just my like thing i enjoy so much about all of this like every situation every team matchup is so different and like so many so many agendas are being written in a lot of time and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be funny in each round but thank y'all for the conversation on that um Clearly, we're NBA fiends because we uh, spent a thousand percent much, much more time talking about it than I plan to. But so, some quick other uh, two cocktail questions. These are shorter questions. Uh, I was just curious to kind of uh, uh, 
I would say uh, warm up <laughs> to the main conversation. Yeah. Uh, so do y'all think, so the first one, do y'all think President Biden will ever cancel student loans? No. No, we, no, and no. Uh, okay, no, no opposition. He might try to delay that to the election to try to get some votes, yo. But yeah, <laughs> that's, that's you know, what, I thought I thought the same thing. I thought when they pushed about it back that? from May to August, I was like, because the midterms, the are terms. Just, just, yeah, just fall. Uh, I thought that oh, he might cancel like ten k, twenty k or something. He might do a little write off. Um, and that if that was your plan, you know, and we spoiled it, then damn. He's trying to save his contemporaries. (laughs) It's not looking too good for his contemporaries in certain states uh, south of the Mason-Dixon line. They're actually struggling. No, it doesn't. It just doesn't make sense. (laughs) Corey's face is hilarious every time I say south of the Mason-Dixon line. (laughs) It doesn't make sense if we go to August and they're like, oh, let me push it back to the summer. What's the point? What are we doing? (laughs) You know, we're just pushing back deadline after deadline. It's been like years at this point, and not a single person has paid interest or nothing. Not, you know, there's no interest being accumulated. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just it, it didn't make sense to me, but I, I mean I agree with you. I don't think it would. Uh, I don't think it's going to happen either, based on his you know moderate nature as a politician. Uh, so my next question is how how historic is Justice Kataji Brown Jackson's confirmation to the Supreme Court? First, but like, we never yeah, we talked haven't, about it, right? Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, I think. I think it's really historic, right? I think, for, I mean, obviously from a re- representation standpoint, um, you know, being a black woman, like you, you just doesn't get any better than that. And the mountain, you know, the journey she had to climb in order to get that, being the most qualified, having degrees from the top university, serving at basically every level of the judiciary system before getting to that position. Uh, I think it's monumental in that regard. Um, however, I do feel like she is a victim of the times we're living in, in the sense mm-hmm. that between, you know, the Barack Obamas of the world and, you know, other Black political leaders or represent, representatives of that aspect, I think a lot of people, including people of our own, like, um, peers and demographics, Mm. have gotten past the vision of representation. And so I think it's not always enough just to be the black person aspect. I think you'll get the praise and love. And I think she she got a lot of love. She got a lot of hate, no doubt. Um, but she got a lot of love. But I don't think the reception that politicians will get moving forward if they're black, or in this case, uh, judiciary leaders, if there's another one that's um, promoted to the Supreme Court, will be re- received in the same way we saw something like Barack Obama in 08 or like the way mm-hmm. Michelle was received because I think people are a little bit more aware of like, okay, now you're in this position, what can you do? And I don't think people fully understand how the Supreme Court works and they think she's going to sit there and reverse <laughs> and, and make drastic change, make right? drastic changes. And like, you know, make sure everybody who's incarcerated mm-hmm. for a week can come home. Like that's, that's not what she's going to do. And so I feel like it's one of those things where like, you know, in a couple of months, you know, you know, when when it's like the Supreme Court is doing whatever the Supreme Court is doing, they're gonna be like, "Yo, we elected her, and she not she not doing it, or she was not they didn't elect her. She was nominated, and she did, she's not really doing anything." I saw even when she gave her speech, and she was like, mm-hmm. "What did she say?" She was like, "I am the slave's dream, or something like that." The hope and the dream of the, the slave. The hope and the dream of the slave, mm-hmm. something along that line. And people were in like uproar. They're like, "Oh God, here we go!" Like they like we can't please everybody. Um, Exactly. Well, to, original question. I think it's monumental. 
Um, but I just think um, depending on what comes onto the plate of the Supreme Court and what laws uh, that are going to be, you know, and that be enacted on stuff like that is just going to be watched at with a very close eye in terms of history. Yeah, no, I think I echo what Stephen is saying. I think it's huge. I'm still a, a, a big proponent of the importance of representation, right? Because there's still so many facets of just everyday life where we don't have that representation. And so I think for me, it's not necessarily about our generation, but about generations after us, you know, seeing what's possible. Um, obviously seeing, you know, the work that has to, you know, go into to getting there, which I don't want us to ignore, right? It's certainly not that yeah. she jumped from, you know, zero to Supreme Court justice. No, you know, like Stephen said, she's like, held pretty much every, you know, position mm -hmm. at every level of the, you know, judiciary process at this point, you know, degrees from top universities. So the work was put in. Um, and I can't remember, um, Mike, please correct me if I'm wrong, but mm -hmm. I feel like there was a statement made. I don't know if it was from Biden directly or uh, from somebody in the administration that the next justice would be a black woman prior yeah. to her nomination and yeah. um Biden directly said it yeah mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. I think for me that hurt I feel like it hurt just a little bit because it seems like you know this was you know a the intention cutter. to go out and get it as from not a, an affirmative action you know piece but I think when you make that statement there will always be question about you know was she the most qualified regardless of the accolades because that statement was made and so I think, you know, had the, you know, she just been selected off, you know, you know, a completely wide open, you know, had that comment not been made, I think that would have lessened the questions because I think, you know, a lot of the questions came from, oh, you said you was going to get a black woman. Did you limit your pool of potential candidates? And so while I think it's huge, I think, you know, that let that opened the door for a lot of unnecessary questions to be asked because I think she is overqualified, you know, right for the position um, because of because of her accolades. But I think that that comment did hurt um, in terms of just making it a smooth transition, uh, a smoother transition because it was always going to be a little rough, but a smoother transition into the role. Yeah, and I fully agree too. Um, I do think it's historic. Um, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think I think I also think announcing it uh, makes it like very tough too. Um, like you said, Corey, it created that context and allowed um, it, it gave ground for um, the Republicans in the Senate to give all those attacks towards her, her career, and her you know career long accomplishments. Um, even though she had the most, well, she had the most like um, accumulated ex like uh, court experience out of all mm -hmm. current justices alive too, um, and she still had to sit through. Um, unnecessarily and um, pretty like uh, disgusting attacks on her on character. I don't know how else to put it uh, during those uh, confirmation hearings. And so, um, just we're just wishing nothing but the best for her and her career, um, her lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. So I'm sure our kids will get to know who she is too as well when they finally get here. Another fact for Black History Month moving forward. Black exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so to get into our main topic, so today we're talking about politics with me. We have a nice survey about generally having a conversation about, um, conversation in a survey, I guess, about how we approach uh, society, how we approach politics um, within ourselves. And so I had a few questions. So to start, excuse me, in your view, uh, what's more important, 
Is it joining a political party that represents your views or one that works for your, your material needs? Um, and can a political party do both at the same time? Yeah. That's a good laugh. Um, you got a good response coming. That's, that's, what, that's what I'm, I'm waiting for, right? <laughs> Steven says- You have a good, of my laugh? Yeah. I, I, oh, I think it's funny. I got, I, I was thinking a bit cynically about like, you know, when you said, can you like join a political party? And I'm just like, it sounds like when, you know, dudes joined the winning team, KD Warriors, like, you know, <laughs> got the ships are ready sailing, might as well jump on and get what's yours or something. Um, but to answer your question, right? And I think as black individuals, right? Especially depending on where you live, I don't think it's realistic to think that you be able to join a political party that agrees with your views, right? I think that's mm -hmm. a very niche thing as we get older. I always say as we get older, I think as our views adapt based on what we see in the world, what we learn, it's just, it's just to me, it's just not realistic to say that's my group. Not, not to say at all, that's not my intention. I'm just saying somebody that aligns with your views might not always be that case. Like, for example, like if I ask Mike right now, do, do you like, I don't know how invested or how knowledgeable you are about the politics in Austin, but like, do you think there's like a politician that aligns with your views necessarily? Right. And I'm not actually, uh, saying, I'm not actually like, a, like to question you right now, but like, you know what I'm saying? No, no, it's no. Not, you know what I'm saying? But it's not like, yeah. A, oh yeah, definitely. I know there's like, like a perfect fit. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I even though I'm not like, I don't yeah. know. Are, are we talking specifically like social views, like views on, you know? Mm -hmm. I was going uh, political. I was going like, uh, oh. not even political, like, like views that, that affect how we live more. You so. affect like that social yeah. element. Okay, the, got, it, got, the, it, got it. The social yeah. one, I already know I'm not going to lie with anybody nine times out of ten. So I just, I just, I want to say I toss it aside, but I have to tamper those expectations. Um, so I think yeah. in the most non-capitalistic way, <laughs> before I get accused of being called a capitalist in my statement, that you have to align with something that fits the materialistic part, because I think realistically, that's what politicians at most can provide, whether that be in the form of finances or what that be in the form of, you know, um, healthcare, uh, education, like all those things in my head, they come off as material things that benefit you, your family or whatever. And I think those more so are beneficial. That's the only thing I, I don't say only thing, but that's primarily what they try to provide you with. Like not a lot of politicians, in my opinion, do enough to bring about like the social or lawmaking changes mm -hmm. for you to align with them before that reason. Not to say you can't do that. That's like something you should do, but I don't think it's a pressing thing enough because it's like not their responsibility a lot of the times. So it's like everybody, it seems to always be somebody else's responsibility. Like, oh, I'm just a senator. You got to talk to state representatives. <laughs> oh, state representatives, we can't touch that. You got to talk to the local community leaders. Oh, I'm sorry. You got to go talk. Like it's like everybody's hands mm -hmm. is up. It says it's not my responsibility. And mm -hmm. so it gets tricky in that way. That's that's my opinion. We could dive in a little bit deeper, but. But now I have a follow-up quick. Um, yes. Now, mm -hmm. how does that relate when it comes to so say, I'll say again, we're making these economic based decisions, right, which seem to be, you know, one of the main reasons that people make political decisions yeah. is the economic output. What about that decision if it goes against maybe a need of your larger community, right? So again, there's a lot of times where mm -hmm. these people are 
cast out as, hey, I made a financial decision for myself. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, obviously that might not be in the best interest of their their larger community, whether that mm-hmm. be race-wise, whether that be, you know, socio whatever it is. How do we deal with that? I, but that comes up to the integrity of the individual. You know, let's let's keep it honest. Not everybody who's a member of the community likes their community. Um, and so if you, if you like your community, you know, you need to have the wear and thaw and be like, I can benefit from this, but my community is going to suffer. And if I like my community, which I do, I'm not really part of them right now, but you know, in the scenario where yeah, I'm with yeah. my peoples, right. I'm, I, I can, I don't mind taking a personal L for the gain of others. That's nothing to mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to get that back tenfold somewhere later in life. That never has bothered me. Um, but if, you know, I'm somewhere and I don't even think I'm where I'm living or not, that, this is not my scenario now, just in case anybody's listening. I don't even know why creating narratives, um, but I'm living somewhere and like, I don't really like the people or I don't feel like this community's embraced me. And that decision comes up. I can't imagine that the first thing might will be to think like, oh, the community. Like, I don't think I'll be anybody's first thought. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's why I said, I don't want it to be a capitalistic, materialistic mindset, like think for yourself. But like when most people go into like when they're thinking about political leaders and politicians, nine times out of 10, they're thinking like, how's this gonna you know, affect me and my family? And then the second is the community. And then at last is the greater amount of people. And I'm not saying there's a correct order to think about this. I'm just saying that's what people think about. Um, and so, and now it's different because we're black. So obviously ours are gonna be lumped into differently. And we're gonna think about black people across the community that the politician has jurisdiction over. But realistically, I don't know, as we get older, I see a lot of politicians, like it don't matter what color they are, they, there's a lot of jargon coming from lips. And, but I'm, you know, my dad taught me at a very early age, you know, voting regardless of what the outcome is, you need to be a part of the process. So I haven't, I don't have it in me not to vote. I haven't reached that point yet that mm-hmm. a lot of people have reached. Um, and I can't say it. it would be responsible for me to tell people not to vote. Um, Cause I already know it's not everything's perfect, but that's enough for me. Got you. Um, no, I think you made valid points there. Um, I think to answer Mike's original question, I think the two party system that we currently have makes, you know, aligning with political values and aligning with, you know, personal views, very difficult, very uh, difficult. I, I fully agree. Um, I would just say that I just want to, I just want to support your point because I've always said this all the time. I mean, there's no way two political parties can represent <laughs> the political expression of 330 million people. It's literally insane. Like it doesn't make sense. I think people are like, you have to like chop yourself. Oh, am I like this or am that? That's dumb. It's not dumb. It just it just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't reflect reality. Look like. No, I think um, I agree. And even, you know, before we got on the pot, we were talking about it, right? We were using terms like far left and far right and moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats, right? So you always have- Exactly, like, okay. Because like the the parties are now becoming spectrums within themselves and and are becoming compartmentalized. Like they are better off breaking off from each other because I don't know, because the- the way, like, okay, no, that's analysis. Don't. Yeah. No, no, that's that's like political analysis. I'm going too far. Oh, um, Mike is ready today. Mike is ready. ready. Um, no, but I think you know <clears throat> to have to give those indicators in terms of you know which spectrum of a specific party that you're referencing. It's it's 
almost impossible, especially at a national level, right? I think at a local level, you're able to have a personal connection with the person. You're able to see what their policy and their platform looks like via town meetings and town halls. Mm -hmm. And you're able to ask those intentional questions. But from a national scale, you pretty much get what the media tells you. And I know that's a later question in terms of how we get our news and what's true and what's not. But you're very, you're far removed. Most people, right? There are people that go to the rallies and know in depth about what's going on, but most people are so far removed from the process of who the person is and what their platform is. Then like Mike said, we're essentially forced to choose two parties among what? 300 million people. And it's crazy to think that. And so I think I'm always a huge proponent of local of the importance of local elections. I think they don't get enough credit. You know, they don't get enough resources. They don't get enough focus. But I would urge people, regardless of party, to meet who's running. Like you can meet who's running in your town or your city. You can find a way to meet them, to shake their hands, to read what they're you know they're talking about or at least you know try to get a summary of what their proposed plan typically they have their little fact sheets that they hand out when they go door knocking right mm-hmm. you should know your councilman or your councilwoman you should know your town representative or what you know whatever the terminology they use in your city because i think that's what separates and i think essentially on a local level party politics and i'm, I'm not super in um knowledgeable about it but on a local level it seems like party politics does isn't really a thing as much because the interests of the community tend to align so closely that you can only stray so far um on either direction and so i think it's important to get to know those folks i think as you go up on the uh in terms of the level of politics know as much as you can know what you actually need on both a political and a personal level Right. Because I think a lot of people haven't taken the time to even see, like, what is in my best interest? What is in the best interest of my community? And you can't if you don't know the answer to those questions, then knowing how you align can't happen. And so I think it's uh, vital that we start doing these, you know, in-depth analyses of our own needs and wants and desires, especially as a black community when it comes to politics. I don't think we're as proactive nearly as proactive as we need to be in terms of expressing what we need and what we want from uh from the political process um i think that um whether it's well whether it's more important to one that represents your views or when that works for your needs um i think the like a theme that we all bring up is that how subjective it can be this choice can be subjective to of course per, people's personal life experiences um and it does depend on what you value um because like you said Stephen, even though you're like you know you're you definitely framed it as like an anti-capitalist like framing around your statement but i think that's just the culture we live in and so people tend to naturally default to individuals they tend to default to like you know how does it affect me like how does it affect my taxes? How does it affect my job? You know, me finding a job or my family finding jobs? How does it affect my children in the schools that they go to in their education? You know, and um, it's it's it makes it like very complicated 
for how people go about trying to say like, okay, how am I gonna, that's an even political party. How am I gonna even choose a party I wanna join? Um, that's what I think political parties kind of sometimes, sometimes um, become like a legacy thing depending on if your family was structured that way. Cause some families are really like, Exactly. And, you know, some families are really tight about um, like, you know, just, or certain parents, I should say, really tight about passing down their heritage, passing down their political culture um, into your children. Some, some others aren't. Um, and some others are just like you're very just indifferent because they're not involved themselves. And so their children kind of figure it out on their own. Um, so whether it, I think that a political party can work for people's needs and can also represent their views, too, as well. I don't think one exists um, as far as like people. We're talking about literal people, not mm-hmm. who have not the interests of corporations, not the interests of like lobbying groups, not the interests of special, special sectors or special industries. You're talking about how do you represent like people? Um, and so I think that can really happen. But it's not it's not. It's not anything any American has seen in our lifetime, for sure. Um, and so it's it's definitely tough. I think there's. Yeah, I'm not, also like I don't want to discredit like elected officials who do try. Like they there yeah, there are absolutely. a lot who do, who do you know who do put in effort, do care from bottom of their heart, do make changes, do fight for justice, and, and God bless them. Um, but there's a lot of them who don't, and the ones who don't you know, clearly you know sometimes sometimes unfortunately like there's always like the negative voices that have like the loudest reach, um, type of thing. Um, so. They can be the same. Well, I think what matters, what's more important to people right now is if it represents themselves or like identity politics, excuse me, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because um, we still live in like that, you know, a very, uh, you know, race caste society. Like, you know, they're never going anywhere. Like race still matters a lot. And who you see yourself a part of um, matters a lot too. I also, I also hate, uh, this is just a random uh, like digression point for me. I also always hate that um, when people get mad at uh black americans for voting democrat for some some decades yeah, that, now a few, a few decades now because yeah, i feel like since clinton more or less maybe earlier well actually no oh, since I, I, lyndon b johnson i should say yeah jfk really, um yeah. jfk wasn't democrat but yeah um fdr and stuff like that um so i, I think that um and please don't quote us on that. We're not, we're not election historians. No, no, uh, yeah. no, you quote me. It's Lyndon B. Johnson. Yeah, yeah. passed the civil rights bill during him. Yeah. I, I took AP US history. I'm nice with it. <laughs> All right, facts. I want nobody pulling up the facts and trying to get the, the spread, spreadsheets on us. Even um, Steven, Steven said he got a four on his AP. On his AP no, 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 no. I got exactly. a two. I just remembered everything. <laughs> I was not an essay person, but the most of the choice, I got, them, I got those ones. <laughs> exactly but i just think it's more of a factor of like you know maybe it's not really like because people frame it as like black americans being like brainwashed stuff i really i think yeah. that's so disrespectful it's very insulting to think that black americans don't have like that type of autonomy or knowledge to make the choices that they think are in their best interest um but i think the the question should be why are black americans have for decades now been very anti-republican more than they have been anti-democrat if that makes sense you know no no that, that um, is the real question because because i think if you're talking about let's say federal elections because we're talking about elections where you're seeing not 40 percent, 50 60 you know even 65 70 you're seeing over 90 to 90 to 95 percent of black <laughs> americans vote for a you know like democratic presidential elect um candidate um compared to like the republican one who would barely scrape 10 and this is even with trump who i think got some, and, and it and it's usually and, and yeah. it's usually usually straight down ballot yeah, right, you know, yeah. from national all the way down to local, and I think that becomes a, a, a issue too. Yeah, I, I just think it's the issue where, like, I think people, especially non-black ones, but you have to question, like, why don't black Americans see themselves in your leadership or the work that you do? You know, why, why are, why is what we're doing not? appealing or attractive to these this, this population group and you know why is what i'm doing now 
always I always say this too. Now, are, is there a lot of elected officials, you know, especially these older white ones, are they really waking up every day saying like, oh, I can I best help the black Americans today? The blacks? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. You know, I just, I, I just keep it on me, bro. That's just something I always personally, I mean, like, cause like I, I'm supposed to wake up. I think Ted Cruz is working my best interest or like, you know, Mitch McConnell, Rand Paul. Like, I don't, I don't, I, don't, I really don't. I'm, I'm Mike just like, target yeah. all of our states. That's crazy. <laughs> Thanks. No, but I'm just being real. I mean, you guys, the black Americans who live in those things, they probably tell you the same thing. I just yeah. don't think it's just happening all the time. And, you know, and I'm talking about material needs, not giving platitudes and speeches, like not, you know, saying whatever. Like I'm talking about making changes. Like, you know, it's something all three of us, I know individually, we always focus on, like, not just making it, but we want to, we all, I'm not going to give our life plans, but we all, we all have some real, like, large black goals that we want to accomplish and, mm-hmm. you know, in our own industries and stuff. So uh, I think it's kind of around, like, that's, that's the type of area. And that's something that always just made me mad because I'm like, you know, we really have to make it understand, like, you know, how people frame things is so important um, too as well. So that's why, like, when we're talking about what's important to a political party, you know, it's going to be what's important to their communication, like, around, like, how do they really try to draw people in? What are they promising to them, you know, and stuff like that? Because even, oh, I'm sorry, even to the point about, Corey, that you said about um, Kataji, um, even to the point about Biden saying the whole um, I'm going to nominate a black woman thing, because a lot of people do see that as pandering to, mm-hmm. to black Americans. Of course. Just for doing that and thinking that, oh, you're favoring them because they're, they're your um, elected, they're your, one of your main bases, voting bases, um, and stuff like that, too. And then this is where, like, the tricky part of, like, is this truth? Is this, are you just using us? Because a lot of people do feel like that, too. And black Americans do feel like you just get us to vote and then Back to platitudes, get us to vote back to nothing. <laughs> like just a cycle of lies and nothing, lies and nothing, nothing, and then more lies. And then, you know, and here we are today, just still stuck here um, with nothing being changed too, as well. So picking that political party, it can be, it can be really important to um, really leading us to where, like, you know, understanding how we're supposed to be represented and reflected in a society. Uh, and that's just an interesting thing about being a part of, uh, well, I mean, however you feel about in the United States of democracy. That's just, you know, how this is how it goes. Um, I think it can be an interesting way to lead people into it too. So like how society brings people up and that kind of leads into our next question too. So do y'all believe people are adequately trained by the by our public education system? Actually, I'd say education system because we have a lot of school choice. Uh, are, are they adequately trained by the education system to participate in political, let's say life. Let's say, let's put it all in one box. How, how does one even learn about that, right? I feel like you know, you learn what an election is and you learn about presidential elections as early as sixth or seventh grade, maybe, right? Yeah, executive, legislative, judicial. Yeah. You, learn, you learn the structure. You learn the structure and you relearn the structure with more depth over the course of years. You understand how the House Representative works. You understand why there's five in one state and 43 in another, like you learn all that mm-hmm. stuff. You never get to a point of like, all right, this is how you get yourself involved in the political process. Like, I know some schools do that whole, like, you know, 18 register you to vote and all that type of stuff. Like some schools have that, but I don't think there's a, like a formal way. Like I, like my, I think my, I did mine with my dad. My sister did the same thing. She did hers with her dad registering to vote. But like, I don't think there's a way that people dissect like, political landscapes at the, like especially the local level that's i guess what i'm talking about here and say hey you know this is you know what's going on right now uh these are the candidates or these are the policies that exist you know what do you feel what do you agree with what do you think type of thing where you can develop your own like psychological psychology of how you view the things going on in your community to say hey okay 
I'm well informed now. I know what's going on. I know what my community wants. This candidate fits. Like the way I see it is like when I think I first voted in my local election, it might have been the same. If it wasn't the same year as uh, the presidential election of 2016, then it was at least two years after. Because I think I was 17 the last time there was a local election and my dad was sick. He was absolutely livid, yo. He was like, he should have been born earlier. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> my dad, no, my side note, complete tangent. My dad was pissed. I could have voted for Obama's second term. And I was like 13. Like he took, he literally took my sister to vote. He's like, Ben, to your 13. Ah. And he just kept shaking his head. I'm like, yo, <laughs> this man is vexed. But yeah, so I feel like it's one of those things where you you just, just not, there's no way to know. You only know, the only reason I kind of like started knowing what was going on or who was even running is of course my dad, you know, is a registered Democrat and we'll always get the pamphlets of local politicians running for mayor in the town or running for the uh, town the town representative, like one of the nine spots. And so I'll see those and I'll like read what they have. And I'll be like, what's the other person says? And then like you were saying, it'd really be a lot of the same thing. Like let's say there's 10 things, like six, maybe five are mm -hmm. the same. And there's like five things they differ on more or less. But you know, one of them has an all red site and the other one has an all blue website. Yep. And then, you know, oh, I'm backed by state representative, of whatever their name is. I can't think of it right now. My mind's blinking. And that other person's like, oh, I'm a pastor. The church is backing me in the community. And one of the former mayors from 40 years ago agrees with my policy. And it's like, this, you know, it's like a, such a mini tug of war at the local level. But mm -hmm. it's like, you know, what? how much can you differ? It's not like we're going to use half the town to make our own Central Park versus we're going to build a third church. It's like really niche things like, okay, is our schools getting enough money? Um, mm -hmm. Do we need to raise the taxes to get more money? Why um, can we get a senior center? Like we want a senior center. You know how are we going to pay for that? It's like it's things like that. It's like we both it, want a senior center. It's it's minute details. I feel like at a local level. Yeah, but it's always. I think I think it's kind of like funny because um, when it's a local level, depending on how big your town is, you kind of know who those people are. So like the last one, there was one in the east, and the person who ran from Democrat was this guy who literally lives like not across the street from me but like across like down the street take a right and left and i went to school with his daughters like elementary mm -hmm. school middle school high school and he ran versus like there was this other dude who lived like on the border of manchester who was like a a pastor i guess or something they were running against each other and there's like in the east there's like what seventy thousand people maybe that live out there more or less and then you see the final tallies of the votes it's like it was like 3,000 to 2,000. Like, <laughs> like I, mean, I know, like, you know, the population counts kids, of course, but it's like, damn, like 3,000 to 2,000. Like, um, just imagine, like, dang, man, like, there's at least 40,000 of you who could probably vote and I could only get 2,000. Mm. Yeah. So I know, I think it's just very interesting in that perspective. No, I think you make a really good point, especially from. But going back to the educational systems, right? I think we learn the structure and I think we learn it enough to participate. And I want to use the word participate in like participate and understand are two different things. Yeah. Right. And I think participate the way I'm using it is simply the action, right? Of checking the box, writing your name, sliding it in the machine, getting mm -hmm. your sticker and going the home. Sticker. 
right? Because you got to have the sticker. You ain't voted. Yeah. You don't get the sticker. You right? the sticker that, they, they check for this. My mom checked for the sticker one time. She's like, why don't you put your sticker on? I'm like, yo. <laughs> um, but I think understanding is, to your point, getting the pamphlets, reading the pamphlets, and being able to ask follow-up questions on what was said there, right? Because mm-hmm. I think understanding anything is, you know, the way they say you understand something is if you're able to teach it, right? Even if you're able to pose questions about it, that's how you show that understanding. And I think for a lot of people, they can say, hey, you know, they want to fix the schools. What does that mean? Right? Because fixing schools could mean a lot of different things. It could mean, hey, I want to, you know, make sure that we're acquiring the top talent in terms of teachers, or mm-hmm. I want to invest $10 million into a school renovations across the town, right? Those, yeah. those things are a lot different. Or, you know, I want to make an impact on healthcare. What does that mean, right? Do we want to bring more healthcare facilities? Or do we want to make sure that, you know, Medicare benefits are extended to a larger group demographic of people? What, you know, what are these specifics that separate, especially on these local and state levels, where the details, where the, you know, the difference tends to be in the details. How are we going about understanding their platforms? How are we going about asking questions about their platforms to them and to their teams? Uh, Because, you know, when you get that call, unfortunately, the call becomes a, hi, this is so-and-so calling from, hang up. Hi, this is so-and-so called, hang up. Where it should be, you know, hey, this is so-and-so calling from, you know, uh, Mr. Smith's campaign. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, hey, so-and-so, I have a question. I got your pamphlet in the mail, and I was wondering what exactly you wanted to do when you said point C on page two. Like, that, those should be the conversations. Yeah. And I think that becomes the difference in participating and understanding. And I don't think we're prepared for the latter because we don't know, again, going back to what I was saying before, what our best interests are in the first place Mm -hmm. and then understanding what the capabilities of politicians are and you know from a second point i think i think those two things are the biggest things that aren't discussed in schools but two of the most important points in being involved in the political process I think what hurts it though, right, is like, and I think, that, I don't know if this is a Connecticut rule, I don't know if it was just my town rule, but teachers that live in the town aren't allowed to work in that town from my understanding. Is that that's, is that Connecticut rule? Teachers that work in, in the, who live in the town can now also work in that town. As teachers? Yeah. That that wasn't that wasn't a thing. You know what? I lied. I'm thinking about postman. Postman can't go to <laughs> deliver mail. That's what I'm thinking about. So, but yeah, yeah. I know for the most part, a lot of teachers don't live in the town they work in, unless they live in okay. like a, like if they're in Bridgeport, Hartford, New Haven, New mm. York City, obviously. Um, but you know, they don't even know what's going on in that town. I think that's true. I think the there's no point, in my opinion, teaching hypothetical local elections to kids after a certain age like you know maybe they're 10 or 11 and they're learning how elections and the uh, the democratic process works that works and something they can understand tangibly like all right this person wants to do this and this person wants to do that you know who would you vote for and why and why do you prefer that over this that's cool but like once you get to like comprehensive understanding of how the world works at a very minute level but still a level 14 15 16 17 
you got to throw in the real life scenario so they can start thinking about it and its application, regardless if they stay in the town or not, because the application will carry forward. Um, and I don't think teachers are equipped to do that. Um, I think, of course, curriculum, that's where it hurts the most, naturally, because you only really can learn these things in conjunction with the history class and maybe an English class, you know. But I think, I think, and I think to your point, going back to not being equipped, I think it's hard to remove bias when you're teaching about politics. No, you can't. And that's why it's never taught. <laughs> and so I, I think that's like the hardest piece because the goal shouldn't be to make future Democrats. The goal should be to make informed voters. Yes. Regardless of what party they select, regardless of how they vote. And so that would mean making sure we're bringing in both sides of the argument or both mm -hmm. sides of, you know, the debate. And I think a lot of people don't like to do that. Right. A lot of no. once you once you pick a side, everything on the other side is you're automatically against. Yeah. And I think that hinders a lot of kids because the goal should be. OK, you have all the information, make a choice mm -hmm. versus I'm, you know, pointing you in this direction so you make the choice I made and I think that's the hard part and it's a very thin line I agree um and well I think we have to figure how to walk that line for future generations right even for even if it's just looking at households right you know take it away from the education system hey these are this is both sides of the argument you know that we're saying to to our kids or to our nieces and to our nephews I'm letting you know, this is like where I stand on the argument, mm -hmm. but I want to give you both. Yeah. And are we going to be able to do that? Well, Corey, let me give you some slight pushback, right? I think mm -hmm. the problem with presenting both sides is that they're, this is going to sound terrible. <laughs> cut this out. There is, there is, there's a need for an intellectual capacity to understand how things affect things in a larger way and what they actually mean. Like if you just talk to a random person and explain trickle down economics, they might think it's the most genius thing in the world if they don't, they don't have context for any of that. And I think people, and we'll say on both sides, are very aware that just presenting a base value of what something should do without its process because the process mm. people don't mm. know because that's what the leaders decide how they're going to get to that end point is what people are scared of. so like if they say like we want to um raise taxes in the town everybody's oh my god they're raising again blah 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 blah, blah. and and not saying this always happens but like a lot of the insufficiencies of the town let's say it's the um, school system or it's the um, um, like street service, like mm -hmm. garbage, snow, all that stuff has just been very underutilized in order to make sure all those are taken care of. The taxes got to get raised X amount, right? People will see, oh, they're raising taxes. Can't vote for that person. But those still inefficiencies will exist. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And I don't think, and I'm, this is a very, very minute example. Like I'm, I'm thinking this all straight off the dome. So forgive mm -hmm. me. But I think people are always scared that if they present both sides, the one that's the quickest and easiest to grasp, you will go towards. And it's not always going to be their way of thinking, right? And so I think, you know, you see it in schools all the time when they're saying, oh, you know, in Texas, we're not going to teach about 
slavery or civil rights or this, that, other thing, because it's like, if, and I say, I'm, that's just all be right or wrong in that perspective, but mm-hmm. in the general scheme of things, if there isn't a right or wrong, but there is a ability to just say, hey, you guys think like this, but you might not be correct. It's like, it's, it's, it becomes a pride thing. Cause who wants to hear from a 14 year old kid like, oh, this is your political views? Oh yeah, she, <laughs> and you know, you know kids, yo, like, you know, they're very, you know, stubborn and they're judgmental and they like to argue, you know? So you explain people both sides and let's say you do, the next thing you're gonna ask is what do you believe? And you can't dodge that question when you're talking to kids because they need the understanding of why you think the way you think, regardless they're gonna agree with you or not. They need that level of exposure, like you said, to perspectives of different people. And, but then it comes to the backdrop of, that's her perspective? Oh yeah, she. But but maybe that's what it needs to be. No, I, no, I'm agreeing with you in that respect. <laughs> I agree with you. I just don't think people have enough okay, okay. self confidence and okay. we're on the same page. We got believe to like stand by that because like and you know we we us here. I know my my boys. I like I talk basketball with. We disagree on a bunch of different shit. Like mm. all the time. We they'll tell you. Stephen stubborn as hell. He never want to make you wrong. We always argue. Blah 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 blah. But like. It's one of those things when people disagree with me and I and I can understand their point, that's fine. You know what I'm saying? We, the premise where we disagree is that's one thing and we're not going to disagree, but there's no insecurity for not agreeing with me. I think people, a lot of people have insecurities when people don't agree with what the way they absolutely, think. Absolutely. And I think with politics, it hurts more because of course it affects life. We can disagree about sports, music, mm-hmm. whatever. Once we get to how life is lived and how you think it's going to affect how much money I'm bringing in, whether or not my kids are going to get what they need at school, now it's like a real deep personal level. So that's why my dad always said, don't talk politics at work. <laughs> look, look, it's, it's going to, it's whatever needs to happen is going to be a radical thing, right? Oh, it's not, sure. it's not going to be something that oh, you know, I'm going to add one piece into the curriculum. No, it's going to have to be a complete overhaul of how we're doing things right now. Mm -hmm. And I completely agree that there are a lot of insecurities around politics. You don't really talk about politics anywhere. No, you don't. You have to talk about at home, at the bar, over a whiskey, and you have to casually just slide it in. You can't can't bring it up at the golf course. You can't bring it up on a date. You can't bring it up at work. You can't bring it up at The date might end if you bring it up there for Are you kidding me? (laughs) Tiny houses for sale. <laughs> Look, shout oh. out tiny homes. Um, no, but I I'm very interested to see how you know future generations. As I feel like politics continues to get more and more complex, right? We just mentioned four sub parties within a two party system, yeah. and there's probably way more differentiations that I don't know terminology for. Um, within those two parties. And I think it's only going to continue to get more fragmented. So I'm very interested to see, you know, whether it becomes a three-party system or whether, you know, something else, people start running more as independents or whatever the case is. I'm very interested to see how the education system will respond uh, to, to the changes and, you know, just to how politics will continue to adapt and evolve in the future. Let me let me ask you. Let me something. Do you think there will be that much change from from the shift? And I, w- I want you to answer that question. And I'm going to give you what I think because um I I don't think 
formally no just because of the history of the two-party system mm-hmm. i think you know it just has there's just too much behind it right there's there's too much history behind it there's too much of a story behind it but i i do think that you know unfortunately fortunately or unfortunately politicians will have to choose parties to align with right i think we've proven that it's almost impossible to win elections if you're not you know within one of these two parties mm-hmm. but i think the platforms the plans will continue to further overlap to the point where you might you we will have to make adjustments in terms of how we understand the two party system because there will be so much overlap okay I, I like to say this, right? I think sometimes there's an overprojection of how the younger generation will adapt and change to the political landscape. Because I think, and granted, we're living in very different times than the people before us, and even the people before, like our parents and things that of that nature. But I think, I really think I have, and you know, I'm waiting to be proven wrong, and I hope I'm get I'm proven wrong. But I, I feel like you know, as people get older you know, one, naturally they become more conservatives and two, the level of energy they're willing to put forth in changing and revamping the political system lessens dramatically. Um, and then once you add kids to the mix, if you choose to have kids, I think it goes out the window. Um, not to say you don't want to be involved in all, but I just think there isn't enough time in the day that you need to dedicate in order to create the change that you seek. And there's not enough people willing to help you. Um, and so I think sometimes um, when I hear our peers talk about the shift that we need, which I like in most cases, I think it's still just a lot of like talking. I don't think there's a realistic grasp that the amount of people you need to attract in order to create the change you want to make. Um, and I think the harsh reality that our generation doesn't know, especially the generation below, below us, is one, how much you're willing to sacrifice to get to the ends you want. And two, what are you willing to compromise? Um, and I think, and I, I know I'm like this too, uh, you know, compromising always sounds crazy because at the very base principle, you want this. Say, like, oh, well, I can give you 60%. And I'm like, yo, I, I ain't come for 60. Mm-hmm. I came for 100 and maybe more if I if I decide to grab that. And it was like, well, we can't do that. We can only give you 70 at most. All right, now you're at a stalemate, you know? And most people think sometimes like, okay, I'm just going to outlast the stalemate. When life just moves on, like every, you know, the, the sun rises and falls every day at the same time, more or less. And if you're sometimes if you're not willing to make concessions, that can hurt you in the long run. Um, and so I think we, I think we, our peers sometimes have to be mindful. And I'm not saying there's certain moral things we don't compromise. And I'm all for that. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of discussion, a lot of things that need to be had, and they're not always going to be 100% your way. I think that's the hardest thing to, to conceptualize, because to me, it's hard to conceptualize sometimes, too. But I know it's a reality of the political landscape that we're in. And I think I think the key word, and I think it'll come up as we continue this conversation, is compromise, right? I think a lot of times we don't recognize the role that compromise and will have to play in the in just you know any political decision it's usually never going to be one or the other it's going to be compromised in some way shape or form and so i think you know that'll continue to come up but i think that's a another element that it was missed in you know the education around politics we it was always taught as either or you know when a reality it, it sometimes it is a you know 
best of two evils. It is a compromise. It is a, all right, I, I can get 85% of what I want, or I can get 60% of what I want. And it is making that adjustment to hopefully move, move the needle forward. No, I agree with that. That makes sense. What'd you think of Mike? Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think my biggest issue is as far as like education goes, I think that there's no larger goal to like, to the structure of government. And what I mean by that is like, you know, that we say, let's say we have a democracy, right? And we've had this democracy for 200 some odd years, 240, however long, the United States, America, so, since 1776. Um, and I'm like, cool, you know, it's been functioning for some time, but my, I'm always thinking like, you know, what's next? Like, you know, like what's, what comes after? Like we got to, I feel like we got to a certain level of democracy before. And, you know, that's just fast forward to like our present days. A lot has happened to change how our government has worked. Um, a whole bunch of amendments that more than we count. Um, but like, you know, are we ever advancing democracy? Does that make sense? Are we ever trying to improve our government, our participatory process? You know, like, is that, is there, is there a real goal to like actually move beyond our way of governing, you know, and, mm -hmm. in this country? Not and like, I'm not saying that say, oh, we're going to throw away democracy. No, I mean, like, can we improve? Like, literally, can we, can we, like, make it better? Like, not, not, not have a new form of government, but, like, can we make it more participatory? Can we make it more, can we make it more advanced? Can we go to a direct democracy? Like, you know, there's so many different ways you can take it. Um, and if there's no, like, end goal for that, I have issues about how are we going to educate children or adolescents or young adults? Um, you know, how are we going to educate any of them? on how they are supposed to see themselves and fit within the system. I feel like, you know, and for me, I work in education, this is my personal view. Uh, I think education has to be more uh, futuristic in terms of we need to be preparing our children for life and well, to be equipped with skills that they can advance life beyond what we know it to be. You know, it's, it, I don't think we should ever educate children to be something that, you know, to either fit a mold or be something that there was some idea of the past, like, like you know, like we're still in like the factory work system, like, you know, we're yeah. pumping out, we're trying to pump out as many low wage workers as we can. And as far as I don't care what anybody says, I don't think that's the goal of like, you know, teachers and stuff like your parents, but I think it's the goal of how the government has left the state of public education and, um, and especially for how it's different in different areas, depending on what people live there too as well. Um, I think there's just, there's the, like, we don't teach enough about how you can get involved in politics through your like civic engagement. You know, and mm -hmm. I think that's just a massive gap, you know, like a like a massive bridge that's missing. Um, and what I always think that um, I, I just don't think that people are being adequately trained to even know what taxes are, to even know like you know how to even find the schedule, to even know how the we talking about like you know local governments like damn like. I, much less name the mayor, <laughs> like can we name who's the city council? Like, cause every like the, even the structure of local government, city governments or municipalities, like it's just so different. It's different. Yeah. Like you know, it's so hard to teach people like, oh, like this is how something works when like they're not being exposed to different types of ideas or different ways of um uh let's say yeah smaller local governance and stuff like that they don't know how it kind of scaffolds up between local to you know to state level to like the federal level to like what the united states does internationally um like you know there's so many different levels to it and like how do this one how does you know Stephen and corey and mike like, how do we fit as people in this larger like political system i think that you know this is not enough um to the extent that which we ask people to participate you know into the process i feel like there's just so much mm -hmm. that's 
so much left to be desired, you know, and I, I, I think that there's a lot more that can be covered as far as getting people involved through their identity around belonging to like larger community states. Mm-hmm. Now, that also means changing the culture of like how we participate in politics. But like, you know, that's just my answer to the question right there. I, I don't think people are out of featuring. I think I just think that we can do a lot better in our curriculum and our structure around it. Okay. I know you got another question slated, Mike, so I want you to ask that, and I have like a quick follow-up question. Oh, no, no, this, yeah, and this question is a smaller question, because uh, okay. the question is, should every, should every person be involved in politics? Because <laughs> no. we keep talking about democracy. And then but democracy I mean, Mike, Mike, just, Mike just answered you know? that. He, yeah, <laughs> Mike, <laughs> Mike answered that for everybody, shoot. <laughs> Mike answered that for everybody. Uh, my, my question is, I was going to ask y'all, could y'all see yourself campaigning or I wouldn't even, not even just campaigning, it, like campaigning or like, I forgot the word is eluding me right now, it's late. But like, you know, when uh, like supporting a candidate per se, like mm-hmm. if a candidate port, like approaches you say, hey, I know, you know, you have pull in this town. I know the community respects it. Do you, could you back me in my campaign? Do you ever see yourself doing that because i just had like a quick like simulation in my head of what that would look like and i don't know if i could do that and then huh no you're, so you're saying like you're we're, like we're in a situation where I like see. someone approach no go ahead. yeah you know go ahead i'll yeah. the scenario you yeah, yeah 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 like someone someone approaches us saying that oh yeah i see you're an influential person like i'm willing to you know do this favor for you if you back me on this initiative or you come give a speech you stay in the back of the news conference mm-hmm. like not even just a, it might not even be a favorite involved it might just oh, work i'm running for this you mm-hmm. know i and they might maybe you're affiliate you're like aligned mm-hmm. with their their political party and yeah. like hey you know i'm trying to win this election here you know could you support me can you come to one of my events and you know talk to you know the citizens or talk to the people of the town and like can you really just you know back me in my in my campaign i'm thinking more along those lines could you ever see yourself doing that and i'm I'm gonna throw the caveat out there and let's say that it's not a black individual right so let's throw that scenario out the window for a second because you know when it's black we're gonna we're gonna show a little more love to our folk when if they're not black how does that look like do you see yourself being in that position or or if if so what are the See, I don't want to make this a long question, but what, like, what, what would that look like? What is there certain boxes that need to get checked? Do they need to be like a certain thing? Do you just kind of do it and say in return? Like, what does that look like? Um, Mike, do you have something ready? Uh, if you don't yeah. have something ready, I can, I can go first. Yeah. So that's fine. I can, I can, I can go. Um, yeah, I know I, it was a loaded question. It wasn't supposed so, to be loaded. I think the three of us, like, you know, we're, we're different than most people because I, I think we do pay attention to these things a lot, like political, like, you know, I mean, different levels, of course. Y'all know I do this for a living, but, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I think we generally have some type of understanding of political events. I think before I even say anything, I like politics for like our audience who don't like really get into it. Like it's, it's a science of communication. It's all about what we are promising, handing off, like, you know, what exchange are we making and how are we framing society? What, what are we telling people what's wrong with society? What, how are we gonna fix it? What plan do we have? What's gonna happen after that? What's the long-term plan? Like, you know, who am I? Who am I as a person? Do I represent you? Do I, am I a family man? Like, you know, all these things are being communicated to you to get this like trying to frame like how you understand 
the world and how you understand this per the uh the person speaking to you. And so like if I'm in that situation, I I there's it's hard for me to be in that situation, especially in like United States politics, and not think that like you know they might act some favor of me. Now I generally believe in networking. I mean like you know I generally believe that if I let's say if I didn't know because like. If I align with the party, they kind of local. I probably you probably heard of them at some point. You know, they come up to me like, oh, okay, and, and you know, I'm thinking like, you no, know, what if I do support them? What if I support their platform? What if I support things that they mm-hmm. work for and fight for? Like, you know, I think the next question for me, and this even goes maybe go back to even me uh, critiquing individualism. But I'm thinking too. I'm like, dang, if I go and put myself out there like this, like, you know, what does it mean? What kind of statement am I making towards exactly. people or my family or my base or you know, like or you know, people who follow me or you know, whatever in my career, like you know, because it, we can go, like, you know, we can go to the news conference, stand in the back, wave on stage, you know, give a clap and sitting in the chair in the back, you know, and then, like, two weeks later, like, you know, that politician you support and they got some scandal come up, you know, and now I'm smiling and cheese in the back in the newspaper. And he's like, hey, ain't that, you know, you know, ain't that, ain't that your boy? That's your boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's your man's. Yeah. He was behind him on stage. That's, you know, and then like, y'all must hang out too. together. Y'all must think the same. <laughs> Yeah, but but I think that um, I would it I would have to I would have to have a conversation. I would I would hope that that person would like to have a conversation first. And just you know, do I want support now? All right, cool. I'm you know moving on. Um, I would like to have a conversation. I have to really reflect. Like I believe this person can actually do something. Honestly, like and maybe that's just me, but like I don't know, Stephen. I don't know if I would. I wouldn't. I would, if someone just approached me, especially I didn't know them, like. Oh, you got influence. Yeah, you know, I see you you donated to hypothetical. You donated to Democrats before. Uh come join my thing. And if you don't mind, I'll be like, oh, I don't know. Do I really feel like doing that? Like, you know, do I really want to go out and put myself on the limb? Like I I thought there's a lot of questions I have to ask before I do that. Okay. Yeah. Um, I think to to Mike's point, there definitely will needs to be a lot of questions. I think for all three of us, right, I think, you know, there's an interest in wanting to give back to our respective communities, right, whether that be, you know, where we are now or our hometowns, whatever the case is. I've sort of come to the realization as I've gotten older that if I want to give the, if I want to make the impact that I hope to make, I think it will in some way involve politics, or like, you know, political nature, right? It'll, you know, be me on the NAACP board, right? Going to, you know, the mayor's ball and all, like it, it will be political in some way, shape or form. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, when things are political, there will be, there has to be decisions made, right? And so I think, you know, whether it be me formally endorsing or I'm just in a picture shaking hands, right? Oh, I yeah. saw you in that picture, that's your man's? Right. Whether you formally endorse, you know, old boy or not or, you know, whatever the case is. And I think, you know, that becomes a scary nature because obviously you don't want to have to overthink every decision you make in your life. But I think, you know, to Mike's point, when it comes to networking, when it comes to communication, when it comes to an exchange of goods or services. Right. That's the nature of politics. Mm -hmm. And I think for me. That decision will have to involve a lot of questions, but I think, you know, for me, it, it, it ultimately comes down to, do I trust the platform? Do I trust the character to the ability that I know it? And, you know, what can I hopefully get for my specific, you know, demographic in return, right? I would hope that I would have my ear to the needs of the community, you know, to the point where I could say, hey, I got you. Like, I like the character, you know, I question the platform. I like the answers to the questions, but you know, you was missing one big thing. 
And, you know, whether that be, you know, the schools, whether that be, you know, the local little league fields need to be redone or whether that be whatever that thing is, that would probably be, you know, a determining factor as well. Yeah, I think you you guys hit what I was going to say. Like, there's a lot of questions that just need to be answered. Like, <laughs> and there's mad questions. And like, yeah. I need to like, pass the policy. I need to have like an honest conversation. Like, like who who are your ops? Like, who are people who generally don't don't like you? And can they hurt you? Corey's like, I'm so. I can they hurt you? Can they hurt? Not you? Who are your ops? Because <laughs> Corey's absolutely correct. There's gonna be you on the front of the New York Times in the back of a pension one day, and three years later, Mike said a scandal comes out, and I'm like, yo, you see, you see Steve in the back laughing with his hand on his shoulder. Oh, that's his man's man. Oh, they must be doing the same thing. That's well, yeah, they're, they're, they're gonna be like, yo, oh, Steven, you was there? You was there last week? You was there like when it happened? <laughs> oh, they'll be like, oh, birds of the same feather flock together. They're gonna run that quote into the ground. And I think Steven been supporting Cheetah on his life. <laughs> <laughs> he's, like, yeah. so he's like, damn, bro, you supporting Cheetah for years. That's four years ago. What you was doing back then? I'm like, right. damn, I just, I thought it was a nice day afternoon. I just want to give some support. <laughs> but that stuff matters, you know, it matters to people's career. Um, it does. We see, I think we see. In like the social media era, like you know, reputation matters a lot. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, that's yeah. what something people, it's something people build up either through influencer brands or something people try to take down or you know try to warp with or shape with. Um, I'm not calling it cancel culture, but I think everyone knows what I mean when I say that. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but so that's uh, I'd say that. So yeah, I don't know. There'd be a lot of questions, and it, it wouldn't be like I couldn't support you. I think I could support you and not campaign for you or advertise for you. I could just be like, "Yo, you got my vote." But I, I can't go out on this limb. Um, and I've noticed I've done that a little bit more as I got older, just because, you know, like Mike said, there's a lot of things going on in the world. And the last thing I need is the the whatever caught slipping. And now I'm, I'm attached at the hip. That's a lot going on. I like to be attached to my own hip by myself. <laughs> I will die on my own hill. Um, and so, but I was, just, I was just curious. Cause I think that's something, like Mike said, of course, you know, there's favors involved and stuff like that. But I think that's a, approaching reality uh because of the spaces that we all three occupy that to be a real thing in the mm-hmm. coming future so just curious just casual curiosity word and so thank you all for that great conversation I hope the audience enjoyed it as well you know feel free to give us your opinions and your thoughts and your you know whatever else you have to say off your chest to us in our comments and our ratings you know and let us know you know engage with right. us uh, hit us our Instagram is always is there so still active at AD Convos at A-D-C-O-N-V-O-S Convos um, you know please please interact with us too at that point we're looking to bring our audience in as much as possible so for now for our table talk question it's only one question this time uh, so how much weight do y'all put on your friends or your partners either scenario um, political views when evaluating your relationship with them like how much how much does that matter to you um no steven's funny person <laughs> steven is the thank you mike steven is the funniest person thank you mike, uh, for confirming I'm that. <laughs> his face is funny i think in, in terms of friends i don't you know put too too much weight on it because i think you know one aspect of friendship for me is you know being able to challenge and being able to you know think differently right i, I wouldn't want to surround myself with people that thought exactly like me all the time Right. I think sometimes the purpose of friendship is to have conversations that be like, oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or, oh, you know, that's an interesting perspective on that. And so for friendship, you know, I wouldn't necessarily want the complete opposite, 
um, all the time. But I think in terms of will that be a determining factor in terms of who I allow in my circle? Not necessarily. Um, I think in terms of partner, I definitely put a little bit more weight on it, but I try to avoid, or not, let me say, I try to avoid, I think I try to ask deeper questions than just, Hey, you know, what party, right? I think <laughs> I, I try to ask, you know, Hey, what are your thoughts on this? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on, you know, what's going on with this issue or, you know, how did you uh what is your thoughts on the debate that happened last night to try to get a little bit more perspective uh as to what the views are on certain issues as opposed to you know how do you fit in this two-party system which we already said is a little bit more complex than that so Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i think it matters for both i think in regards to friendship like i think it, it, it matters but i don't think it's a deterrent from the friendship. I'll be like, let's just keep it a be. I'll be capping if I said all my friends share the same political views as me. I have, sure. we have, you know what I'm saying? If, especially once, if you have friends that didn't grow up with you where you grew up, like you got friends from all over the country or outside the country, it's not gonna be the same. Like there's not like a, like there's more, there's not like moral differences per se, but it's just a difference in the way we think and you know that's where we're like mike says i mean Corey said mike knows this because he's been in those situations we just had that discussion when the drinks come out and we having a good time um, and i always good time, but like it's just gonna come out you know we we're gonna be you know chatting it up we might get a little bit loud but i mean that's a discussion at the end of the day like i'm not i'm not gonna hate you um as long as you can you know try to defend what you think about and not run from it that's whatever um, I think partner matters a little bit more just because, you know, when kids get involved and when finances get involved or anything else, those things are going to matter a little bit more. Um, like I said, it doesn't have to align a line. It just has to align more. And it, it just can't be harsh contradictions or what to say contradictions, harsh differences in the way we think. I just wouldn't know how that would work. Because um, at some point, somebody has to do what, Corey? Compromise. And a lot of people aren't willing to do what? Compromise. So, uh, that could be something that, you know, makes something deteriorate, deteriorate, but they're important. I just, I don't think it's the first thing on my mind. Um, like Corey mm-hmm. said, I might just ask you questions. How you think? I don't think I'll ever, unless I see something that will spark the question or something that's like straight political, I will ask you a question about how you think. And I would, I wouldn't make inferences, but like, okay. So you just naturally align more of this type of thinking. That's it. Yeah, and thank y'all for your responses too. Um, that's usually how it works in, in both the, in both of your perspectives. Um, I'm I mean, it matters to me. I think it matters more for relationship wise than friends. I agree with you, Stephen. I think there's a lot of friends. I don't even know what they can do again. I wouldn't even know. Like you know, he told me sometimes. I, you know, not everyone's having those um, <laughs> deep political conversations or arguing with the world, um, especially when you don't have like a politically charged atmosphere like after 2016 like it's not, it doesn't really normally come up that much or after 2022 yeah um, like over time like after like the the presidential election years themselves like outside of that you know mm-hmm. not not always not always the, the biggest conversation especially among, amongst young people actually i'll lie maybe we're like the end of the millennials gen z is different than us and god bless them because they they do bless them. All the time. you know they do talk about it all the time um but friend, yeah friends doesn't really matter i think part of why is we don't gotta agree on everything, but you know we should have some some common ground somewhere. I don't, we can't be on two polar opposite ends of yeah. believing things politically. That's not gonna work for me. I'll just put it out there. That's just that sounds nonsense. You're gonna argue all the time. I don't know. It's like 
feel like sometimes political views have too many some like values in there mm-hmm. in between it. Like you know, or a lot of values, you know, according to some people. But like, we can't, we can't. I don't know. Some some things in life we got to see the same. You don't have to be everything. We got to be the same person. But mm-hmm. I just. Well, let me say this right and i, I don't want to turn the table talking to a, a topic but <laughs> <laughs> like i think it also matters if you're like like lesser friend more of like partner actually like cares about politics to that extent because when i say it, really think about it like and again different educational levels this that, and the third but like you know my mom isn't really that political i wouldn't even say my sisters or my cousins who are all like the ones i refer to are women who all have mm-hmm. one or two degrees are really that political either like you know we'll talk we'll talk about you know biden hockey key about certain things but i don't think they're that political um so i think that which is why i don't think it's it matters but i don't think it matters more than some other things that matter when it comes to friendship and partnership because it really depends on how politically involved or knowledgeable the person is and they're not you know not saying that's a fault of the individual it's just something they're not as invested into and i can't hold Mm -hmm. them accountable to that or hold them hold like hold the detriment hold them to a detriment i should say but that's all i got for that yeah i mean i think you know to respond to that point um just quickly i think again to your point Stephen, not everybody is politically charged but i think you know the va- I think the values that you tend to hold politically are also a lot of times your social values and your financial values as well. And so I think they'll just show themselves in other ways. So I think, you know, ultimately it probably circles back a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it right there. And now we can move on to uh, everybody's favorite segment. Are we here? Are we here? Am I here? Where is that? <laughs> Back like we never left. Back like we never left, yo. It looks like Dia got similar vibes based on the title. Um, mine's definitely slower. More, it's definitely R&B. Yeah, Corey, yours is popish a little bit. Cause I says pop right there. I'm slow. Um, because I listened to that whole project. I like it a lot. Uh, I guess ours is kind of similar. I did listen to yours briefly, Mike. So I guess it is similar. Um, so yeah, I'll go first. Um. This is a, a very new group, um, but I, I've been rocking with Vent Staples lately. I think he just dropped a new project. His tape is pretty good. Yeah. His tape yep. is his tape is pretty good, um, and his interviews have just been hilarious lately. So shout out to Vent Staples. Um, shout out to this new group, Emotional Oranges. The song is called Back and Forth. I said I'm dumb, but still you act like that guy. I can't believe in this deep. But you don't remember Hope to get it back But you won't forget me Yeah, 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 yeah Said it once, said it twice But you don't remember Hope to get it back But you won't forget me Yeah, 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 yeah. The way you talking I be feeling damn you fine I'm trying to feel your shit 
on top of me tonight Give it to me your way Old times you would give it to me all day No lie, be missing it like always Sometimes when I'm tripping I be thinking like Damn, what she call going back and forth Back and forth, babe Sometimes And we're just going back and forth Back and forth Emotional Oranges uh, featuring Vince Staples. Make sure you go check out both of those projects, Emotional Oranges, as well as Vince Staples. Uh, they both got projects out. Um, yeah. Song is called Back and Forth. Right now, I, was, I like that song a lot. I think that's on the my 2021 playlist of songs I like. That whole tape. Like, you can play, it's a short tape. It's only like 30 or 40 minutes, but you can play that like on some afternoon, evening, driving. Just chill, day. yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck with it heavy. Fuck with it heavy. Um, I, I can go next. Um, this song is called Occasions Dash A Color Show All Caps. Artist's name, I believe, is Sifo. If it's not Sifo, I apologize, but I'm pretty sure it's Sifo. Mine might be a little bit more soul than it is R&B. I think Mike's more R&B than soul, but um, I'll just give it a go and we'll see. Won't you talk to me? I'm crazy. Are you one lady? The shower's hazy. Take you up right in now. Praise you. Praise you. On my knees till I'm dead and gone. So I run to you. Sifo, a color show. Um, this is a single. I don't know if he has a project coming out or not, um, but check out. He got a lot of dope music. Um, studios, colors, X Studios, all caps. Check out his music. Um, get some streams because that's a true singer right there. Yeah, I like that song a lot. Yeah, I think it was one of the many songs I found during our break that I said I was going to use for a past talks and forgot I had him. So last but not least, so my song this week is actually, it was recommended, the album was recommended uh, by a great friend, uh, shout out to Lori. Uh, this is a song off of, this is, well, let me get the album name one time. Um, 
the album Addy, Addy Oasis or Adiosis Oasis yeah Addy Oasis yeah Addy Oasis yeah. mm-hmm. as an A D I Oasis uh the artist is named Adeline uh and the song is called the song is titled Whisper by Me by Adeline Whisper my name by Adam. No, you're good. My computer's just having a grand old time. I'm dead. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Uh, <laughs> nah, um, yeah, uh, Whisper my name by Adeline. Um, yeah, and the rest of songs. Thank you all for coming out. Thank you for listening all the way to the end, episode 80. Uh, working man, <laughs> I know the, uh, the Microsoft. Love it. Yeah. Microsoft Outlook uh, being as well as triggering. Um, but yeah, thank you all for coming out. Episode eighty after dinner conversations. Uh, Mike, Corey, Stephen. Sure. Another week. We'll catch y'all next week, man. Thank you all for coming back. Thank you all for listening. Peace.